I have a question for the group. If you were to be given a, a large sum of money to just stay inside an empty resort for the winter with your family, a year's worth of food and a hotel full of ghost demons slowly turning you insane and murderous, how long would it take you to kill your whole family? I'll let you guys think about that and we can revisit the topic during this week's discussion of The Shining. I'm Chad. And I'm Matt. You're listening to episode 52 of We Used to Talk About This at Work. So, Matt, I'm back, man. Um, I was away. Um, all my efforts to get us sponsors have failed, and I want to apologize for that first and foremost. I thought you would. I ain't going to lie. I thought you was going to go and fail, so this doesn't surprise me at all. That hurts, man. After 52 episodes now of this, you just have so little faith in me. That hurts. Well, yeah, that's, that's what you get for trying to go on adventures without me. You're not going to succeed without me. We a team. That's, That's why you failed. You went off on your solo missions. We a tag team. That's fair. That's fair. Next time, I'll take you to those meetings. So this week... Oh, also, I did a bonus episode with Rachel. A mini episode. It was like 12 minutes long. And we were like, man, we covered so much stuff about that movie. We did so well. And then after we stopped recording, she was like, I forgot to say this. And I was like, I forgot to say that. So... We felt real stupid. Man, that's what's for. Are you willing to do a bonus episode part two? No. <laughs> Fuck no. But all right. So we're back. Uh, we've got Francis here from the Happy Fangirl podcast. Hello, Francis. Hello, Chad. Hello, Matt. Um, hello, hello, Amy. No, Hi. no. That's spoilers. That's um, spoilers, Francis. That's spoilers. Oh, no. Terrible. Uh oh. So this week we have a new guest to the show. Uh, we'd like to introduce everyone to Amy. Hello, Amy. Hi. Yeah. So who is Amy? Who the hell are you? Sometimes I don't know. Um, who is Amy? Amy is, I'm a lot of fun, Chad. Um, I am a therapist, actually. I'm a mental health therapist. Um, so I actually have my own private practice that I do part-time in the evenings. And... I'm a divorced mom of three that pretty much keeps me busy. So in a nutshell, I like the good things. You like the good things. Mm -hmm. What the fuck does that mean? I, I don't know. It just sounded good. Okay. We uh, need to have a therapist off. We do because we have Fran um, right. who's been on a few episodes and now we've got Amy. So, yeah. See, we out here promoting that good mental health. Everybody should go out and get with a therapist. Yes. <laughs> yes, they should get with a mental health professional. It's really important for everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, so, Amy, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, it was spring break for my kids this week. So it has been a little chaotic in my household trying to work with children being at home. That sounds terrible. Actually. It was awful pretty yeah. much, but. You know, yeah, sorry. Um, I can kind of relate. My daughter was off from school yesterday, it was Good Friday, and I was so upset that she existed in my workspace. Yikes. Um, 
it, it, did you have something like that, Matt, where your son was off school for Easter? Yeah, but he, uh, no, but he was, he had spring break, not last week, but the week before. And, um, but he goes to like a daycare type of thing where they have planned, you know, they go to like the zoo, strawberry picking one day. They have stuff lined up for him all week. So he ain't at home. He's being entertained. He has his friends while he's out of school. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, so you also caught a movie last night, Amy? I did. I went to go see the new Fantastic Beasts movie. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I too saw it. Uh, are either of you familiar with this series? It's like the before Harry Potter, right? Right. Francis? No idea. <laughs> so you know Harry Potter, right? Yes. I haven't watched any Harry Potter, but I've definitely heard of Harry Potter. Okay. So like Matt said, it, it's like a, I wouldn't say a prequel. Like it takes place before Harry Potter is born, but it's not like it's setting up anything in Harry Potter. Um, have you seen either of the movies, Matt? Any of the movies? No. Okay. So you're better off. Like the first one's pretty solid. The second one is a piece of shit. And then this one was just not good. Well, I wouldn't say not good. It was better than the second one. Yeah. It was doing a lot. I'm not very... planning on watching it, so spoil it for me. It was a lot about, like, the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, which they kind of hinted at. Yeah. So, J.K. Rowling, after she finished writing the Harry Potter books, was like, oh, hey, FYI, guys, I didn't write this in the books, but Dumbledore is gay. And people's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So then she did some prequel movies, and then which Dumbledore appeared in the second one, and there was not uh, anything that said he was gay. And so people got mad. And so in this one, the very first scene, Dumbledore was like, you know, I, you know, I'm in love with you, right, man? And um, so you know, they, they had they had, basically this movie was checking a lot of boxes of stuff that people was mad at her about. Not the whole I hate trans people thing. Not that. I was just a, I was just <laughs> about to say that. Because that's still happening, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still was kind like, oh, of on that just, train. They, uh-huh. they addressed that part too? Wow. <laughs> no. No. Um, and they also, I mean, they, they replaced Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. But then the problem was Isra Miller is still in the movie. Um, there was a lot of confusion about some stuff that she set up in the second one that they kind of just wiped away. But I don't know. It was just like the whole movie was just trying to apologize for the last one in my opinion okay yeah which it kind of was more like an i'm sorry but yes i'm sorry but come see this we're about to make some more movies so give me some more money yeah so that i can keep making some crazy tweets so is this going to be another one after this we gotta see what that box office looking like i mean storyline wise was it like ended where it's going to be more stuff going on yeah. There's still space between that yeah. one and like the start yeah. of Harry Potter. Like they didn't even catch Grindelwald. No. And in the Harry Potter movies, he's been in jail for like decades. So they still need to catch him. He got away at the end. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you have any final thoughts on the movie, Amy? No, kind of a snore. Uh, Francis. Uh why have you been watching Fight Club this week? I am reviewing Fight Club for our podcast. We were actually going to review it a few days ago, but we have to actually change till Monday. But 
wow, did I ever really enjoy that movie. I don't know. Have you guys watched Fight Club before? Yes. I've, I've seen it. Time ago. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be all about fighting. So <laughs> that's why I was reaching out to Matt and Chad and seeing if they had anything to add about fighting. But when I watched that, I was like, it has very little to do with fighting and a lot of more deeper meanings than just creating a fight club. It's very anti-materialistic. It's uh, creating a new world order. It's um, touching on the need for mental health. That is true too. That is true too. And so, but when I was watching, I was listening to you guys' podcast, I was like, at first I was like, well, maybe Matt's son could come on to our fight club thing. <laughs> but I, because that story really drew, uh, drew me in when you were talking about your son getting accused of hitting another kid. And when I listened to the story, that was like, no, he would not be a good fight club member because he's too much into peace. That son of yeah. yours. <laughs> but one thing that I really liked, well, actually I really liked a lot of things about fight club, but one thing that really uh, stood out to me was how beneficial it would be to have another aspect of your personality working for you when your primary personality shuts off that can accomplish things that your primary self doesn't have the guts to do. Did you watch Moon Knight this week or something, Francis? Wow, I was I just about heard. to say the same thing. I was <laughs> just that, about to say that too. I was thinking if I could just develop an aspect of my personality that raises my dog walking prices when I'm supposed to sleep because you know, the Tyler Durkin character, he goes and he works and he creates a fight club at night and he does all of this anar anarchistic bullshit at night. And if I could just shut myself off and then create a super Fran at night that raises my dog walking prices, I could buy a lot more shit and do the opposite of fight club and maybe have some more Ikea furniture and things like that. So <laughs> that's, it, I, I have heard that greed is good. Yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, we're going to review it on Monday. And another thing I've been up to is uh, I've been uh, maybe indulging in a few addictions that I'm trying, that I've, I feel like now I need to quit them. Uh, well, this, one of my addictions is I, I was listening to your 50th uh, episode show yesterday and you guys were talking about looking at your, your numbers and feeling your numbers didn't reflect sometimes the quality of your episodes. And I have to admit with my podcast, I have become addicted to looking at the numbers to my own detriment, I think. And I was thinking, uh, I really need to really reevaluate why I'm doing the podcast is it to get a lot of kudos or is it to present something that I really feel strongly about? And I feel like me checking my numbers all the time is really harmful. And so mm -hmm. I feel like I need to get less addicted to that. Maybe check them like maybe once a week or something like that, but otherwise not to look at them. Do you guys have any ideas about that? I normally check our numbers when episodes come out. So mm -hmm. an episode dropped this morning. So I looked this morning. 
or we did that mini episode. So I looked like the next day because I uploaded it late. But I don't look at it regularly. But I do agree because it's like I know that we aren't going to be like at the level of Joe Rogan where Spotify is going to give us a check to be exclusive, right? I know that more than likely we aren't going to be going to Comic-Con and shit doing a live podcast there. I I accept that, right? I, um, this started because I saw a movie I did not care for, and it made me so upset that I wanted to share that experience with the world. And Matt and I are doing this because we are friends and we just want to hang out and shoot the shit and talk movies. So we're doing this for fun. Yes. Would it be nice if we got fortune and glory? Yes. But this is for fun. At least the way I'm looking at it. I don't, I'm sorry to speak for you, Matt. Oh, I totally agree. It's, um, especially now with me being in Japan now, um, the podcast is helpful. Also, um, meeting up with our past coworkers and friends, meeting new people like you, and it's just cool. Like you said, do I expect us to blow up? Hell yes. This podcast is amazing. <laughs> 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 I, 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 now, the only, the only problem is I just need everybody else to realize this. So, uh, but no, it's like, it's just for fun right now until... Until like people catch on, and then they're gonna be like, "Yes, this podcast is amazing." Spotify does need to give us money. Comic Con does need to have our own booth. Everything else like that. But as of right now, it's just fun. Only thing about checking the numbers is to where somebody will tell me, "Oh, this was a good episode," because it's rare that we really get feedback. But then if I hear somebody say this is a good episode, I'm like, "Oh," then I I ask Chad for the numbers and to see how we're doing. Amy, as a professional um, clinician, mm. if you will, uh, what are your thoughts on 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 all this obsessive behavior over numbers? I think it's pretty common, actually. I mean, this is part of like the social media stuff we talk about. I mean, I've got teenage kids and that's part of like looking for what are you looking for? Are you looking for the likes or are you looking to actually like put stuff out there? You got to be careful with it because it can be something that definitely makes you drawn to you know continue to kind of obsessively look at something that's not always necessarily healthy for you so i mean it is it's it's balance right like everything in moderation i think and kind of evaluating what you want out of it is it healthy or is it not does it bring you joy or does it not okay marie Kondo. I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? It's all moderation. I have to say, I don't do a lot of moderation. That's one of my issues because one of my other addictions is I've got this full-fledged banana addiction, okay? I am on Weight Watchers and I've lost 40 pounds in the last oh. year over Weight Watchers. Congratulations. Weight Watchers. Congratulations. That's great, yeah. And one of the reasons is, is that now they've changed the program so that fruits and vegetables are all zero points, mm-hmm. okay? Oh. Yeah. Now I have discovered that I love bananas and I can't stop eating bananas. I eat probably like 10 to 16 bananas a day now. And I'm like so in love with bananas. Uh, So I'm, I'm like, I've got to, I've got to like reduce that, reduce that. What's what's the number to my strange addiction? (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like I need to be on that. I need to have like some sort of banana addiction coach help me out with that. But so I'm, that's something I'm working on now is my banana addiction and trying you, to, yeah. Were you always, um, were bananas always something you like to eat? Yes. And now, okay. oh my God, since I've been on Weight Watchers, I'm not eating the cakes and the ice cream anymore. And all of my love has transferred over to bananas. So that is oh, another thing I'm working on. Yes. But so just curiosity, are they like all fresh bananas? Are they frozen bananas? Is it a combination? Oh, I know exactly what time of day and which grocery store to get the best bananas. Fred Meyer late in the afternoon when the bananas are starting to get a little bit extra yellow. And sometimes I go between the organic one and the regular one. I don't care if it's organic or, or regular, but there is the sweetness of it that happens when it gets to its yellow slash a little bit brown stage. And I've got to say, I just, I don't even get the bananas home. I'm in my car and I'm just shoving the bananas. <laughs> You're fiending for that shit. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I've discovered, I've discovered the love of bananas. And so I, I haven't gained any weight. I've still lost the 40 pounds, but I have 40 pounds more to lose. And the banana addiction, I did stop bananas for like 24 hours. And then I went back to the store and I got another 10 to 16 bananas. And by the time I left the parking lot, I had consumed probably like six or seven of them. Are you so, eating any other food or are you just eating bananas? Oh, I'm eating other foods too, okay. but yeah, but bananas have like, have stalled my weight loss. Now I haven't gained any weight. I've still lost the 40 pounds, but it is a struggle. It is a struggle between that and checking my podcast numbers. It's banana <laughs> podcast numbers, banana podcast numbers, <laughs> cool it down a little bit, cool it down. So I mean, at least you're not smoking, right? That's true. That's true. And I did look up how many bananas you have to eat before, because it affects your heart. My fears have been allayed a little bit in that you would have to eat probably like a few hundred bananas before it could give you a heart attack. So, okay. but it's still not the, it's not, it's got a lot of carbs in it. It's not it's a ideal. lot of sugar. It's a high sugar, a lot fruit. of sugar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, but uh, I, I'm trying to figure out where in the addiction journey am I? I have, I, I have decided I do have a problem but I'm still trying to figure out how much I want to do about it as I'm looking here and I'm out of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing after you get off this call with us. <laughs> so Matt, what do you, you, you went to the movie theater? I saw Sonic two amazing movie. Great. Everything about it was great. I loved everything about it. Eh, uh, the only thing, the only downside was uh, Jim Carrey, you know, take it down one notch. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's he's always doing his stuff. But no, I highly recommend it. Uh, have you guys seen the first one? No. I have. I, I think your, right, so. your youngest might like it. I'm sure she would. I always have to temper with how much am I going to like and is it worth it? So I liked it. Happy. And my thing was like, the movie was fine. Like it's, it told the line of like, it came very close to being annoying. It came close to being stupid. It came close to being good, but it chose the path of least resistance and it stayed right down the middle. Like you want to hate the movie, 
but it didn't do enough to make you mad at it. Mm. So it's fine. Jim Carrey's pretty good at like kind of just killing it. He for was me. he was all right in the first one. I yeah. can't speak for the second one. Yeah, he everything was good with you know they introduced Knuckles, Tails. Um, it was just good. Like I enjoyed it through the whole movie. So I highly recommend that. Okay. Now we're about to get to what I really want to talk about is for weeks on this podcast, I've been telling y'all how amazing Abbott Elementary is. And they just had the season finale this week. This week. And what I wrote down was 13 episodes of gold. Now, have you guys seen Abbott Elementary? No. no. I've seen the first two. What the fuck are, here let's stop this podcast and let's put it on right now <laughs> let, let, let me put it up on the screen here guys right right but so i enjoyed it so much and i've seen like other people talk about it, even celebrities talk about how good it is and we always do rotten tomatoes for every movie abbott elementary's first season earned a perfect score of 100 percent, becoming one of the highest rated seasons in tv history so i never knew how that. many reviews I'm about to get to that. So, I didn't know that they rated seasons like this. Um, I, didn't know that I didn't know that either. Yes. Yes. So, um, I don't have the exact number, but I wanted to give you guys a list of what other seasons of TV shows you think have been rated 100%. Seasons. Whole seasons. Um, whole seasons. Lost season one? It's a lot, actually. I didn't know that. But um, <laughs> how about succession? But like, succession. Oh yeah, that's a good show. Have you seen that? It's a good show. Uh, twenty four. Yeah, that first season yeah. of twenty four was amazing. That was pretty good. Season three of American Crime, Arrested Development, season one. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. We were just talking about that. There's always money in the banana stand. It ties right back in. <laughs> 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 How about Seinfeld? Um, actually, no. I was looking for that. I was going to say, is no, it uh, not for older shows, though, too? Like ER? That was... Best and Friends? Yeah, it's, show. yeah, but I guess it hasn't been 100%, what they say, fresh. Like Breaking Bad, season three is on there, yes. but not one or two. Which oh, one was season, season three? Is that the one with, where they killed Gus? No, don't give me details. It's just season three and season four both got rated 100%, so not one and two. I can see that. I mean, Walter White is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, Bro- and- Brooklyn Line 9 and everything, uh, Chicago Code. But, yeah, so that's all to say is that this TV show's amazing. Um, I even adapted to the main store or – the main character has a boyfriend, has a has a handshake um, that he does with his girlfriend. And me and my wife have a handshake. So I have incorporated some of that stuff into my handshake. But no matter what I say on this podcast, it will not do it justice. So please go out there, watch it. I've already watched it twice. That's how good it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt. So, we, we won't make the promise that we'll watch the show, but we hear you. No, damn it. Make the promise of watching this show. You won't be disappointed. Whenever I ever went this hard on one thing that is that good. In this moment, I can't argue with you. 
because I don't have any evidence. But I'm sure there's been a point where you was hyping something up, and I was like, that's some trash, sir. Never. I might have been like, this is good, but I wouldn't be like, it's this good. No, well, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say that Matt likes Brendan Fraser movies. Oh, my God. Here we so go. So I feel that I trust Matt's advice about See? the Abbott Elementary. And I would partake in Ale- Abbott Elementary if I could come back on the podcast and describe how much I loved it. Afterwards. I love how you just trying to weasel your way back into, the, <laughs> into this terrible Francis. You got to take the opportunities where they come. So I, I so. Yeah, because when when you guys were talking about Blast from the Past and I heard a lot of trash talk coming from Chad and not so much trash talk coming from Matt, I was like, if Matt has any recommendations, I'd be much more likely to listen to them Ooh. and follow them. My biggest mm. point was just that Brendan Fraser was not handsome in that movie. Encino Man mm. much better. I've never seen that movie. What? Yeah. But I, 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 I'm a, I'm a mummy kid. So like, Polly Shore. I know, I know what you're talking I about. I just never seen it. Oh, is, is it streaming anywhere? We'll watch it right now. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll hit pause on the podcast. No, it's now, like if we're gonna watch it. If we're gonna watch a Brendan Fraser movie, we gotta watch Bedazzled. We will at some point in life. But the only thing is, for the people who haven't heard, it's a mockumentary like The Office, where a camera around. It's about a school in Philadelphia where, you know, school stuff happened, no funds. Uh, the principal, hilarious, is uh, not, should not be in this position. I don't want to give away how does she get this position because that's part of the fun, but um, you should watch it. Just give it a shot. Like I do with every TV show, we'll watch the first three episodes. If you're not into it after three episodes, then stop. So that's how I do every new TV show I watch. So just watch the first three episodes. If you're not into it, all right, maybe I was wrong. Well, take that back. I wasn't wrong. You just have bad taste. <laughs> but you no. can watch it. No, like I said, I've seen the first two episodes, and it's solid. It's just time. Time is never on my side. What platform is this on? Uh, in America, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. But uh, apparently, you had time to take a trip. Tell me about that, Chad. We took my daughter on her very first a lot of things. So uh, we live in St. Louis, Missouri, which is right by Illinois. She's never crossed state lines before. So that was the first. Uh, we, uh, we drove through several states and took her to Nashville to meet some family. And overall, it was fine. But I quickly realized that the worst part about the trip was that my daughter was there. And what I mean by that is it wasn't a vacation. I was I took off work for this. I wanted to just be sleeping in and just living a good life. But this girl waking up at five in the morning like it's a regular damn day. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what what do you want from me? You know, vacations with kids are not vacations. Somebody should tell someone. We, you generally need a vacation after your vacation. I did. I did. So, yeah, but it was fine. Um, she was good. Like, we were in the car. We were doing um, iPad and stuff while her mom drove. It was a good trip. She met the family. They. She wasn't too much of a weirdo around them. Uh, at one point, we walked near a lake, and, you know, she just was dead set on drowning herself that day. So that was a lot of fun. 
You know, they say like babies automatically know how to swim and stuff. I don't refute that, but it was like 30 degrees. So the hypothermia was what I was mostly concerned about. I mean, the drowning, probably not great. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. But like if she actually got in the water, then that's not my purview. It's kind of like how like if you're Aquaman, you, contr- you your your jurisdiction is the sea. Mm. Chad's jurisdiction is not water. Gotcha. That's when her mom would have <laughs> to tap in. Gotcha. But, you know, the hypothermia would have been on me. That's good. See, so that's why early you need to get her, teach her to swim. Yeah, I'm not so against. She, yeah. So deep down, so later later on in life, when you accidentally fall somewhere, she better save you. Yeah, no, I'm with it. Like um, at our school, you can sign them up for swimming lessons. It's just not time for that yet. And you never thought about learning how to swim? I have thought about it. That is something that I do want to learn how to do. But once more time. You got to yeah, make the yeah. time. It's all about priorities, Chad. I decided to give up my Saturday nights for the noble cause of podcasting. It is my duty as a millennial <laughs> to put my thoughts out there to the world. And for the listen, the audio listeners, my hands on my chest, like I'm pledging to the flag of podcasting. This is something I have to do. Now, um, Francis is about to jump in and talk about Xers and talking about <laughs> fucked up sex scenes and horror movies. But, you know, I'm just saying. Well, it's a very noble cause and I appreciate and I understand your cause and I understand. I understand the struggle and how it fits in your life and how it sometimes doesn't fit in your life, but you still have to make it fit no matter what. I just want to have fun on Saturdays, but sometimes I'm tied to this podcast. Mm. I want to be out in these streets. I want to be out in these streets Saturday night, but I know I can't because I have to do this podcast Sunday morning. Right. You're being very responsible, Matt. Um, So my last little bit this week is, um, so something that I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast um, I have Crohn's disease. Um, does everybody in the group know what that is? I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do oh, too. oh shit. Oh shit. Okay. You feeling the love? I am. <laughs> we are a community now. Um, but basically it's a digestive disease. And so, um, part of the medication therapy I have to do is I have to do these infusions every eight weeks. And so uh, when you go in, they're like, hey, you want anything to drink? We got water. We got juice. We got soda, whatever, whatever. And normally they'll give you like the little mini cans. And so I'm like, yeah, I guess give me a soda. I'm feeling fancy tonight. And so they gave me a so a Coke, but it was a full size Coke. And I was like, ah, shit. They are going to charge me like two thousand dollars on my insurance for this this month. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a picture of this and share this on the Crohn's Reddit page. And I've made posts there before plenty of times, got some likes. We had some good conversation, right? So I post the picture of me holding up the can and, you know, talking about being at my infusion. And the first couple of posts were fun, talking about like, oh, man, I feel that at my premiums. And somebody else is talking about how their infusion center gives them Gatorade, but in a can. And I was like, that's weird, but I'm with it. But then the rest of the comments were like, as someone with Crohn's, you should know better than to drink soda. Soda's the reason why you're even Aww. in that chair. And I'm like, whoa, um, <laughs> what the fuck is happening now? 
so triggered them triggered. i hashtag triggered them you're right and so that's just the ugly side of the internet like i i, I guess i technically got canceled yeah every group turns into that every group if you go into the dog walker group there flames about what kind of dog food to buy your dog and whether or not you um, do you uh, let the dog sniff for as long as they want to sniff or do you try to move the dog to the next sniffing opportunity? You should let the dog, it doesn't matter if you walk a quarter of a mile or a mile on your dog walk, you have to let the dog sniff for as long as it wants in one position. So that will, that will cause a major riff in the dog walking world. So everything you put out there online there is going to be blowback, even if it's the most mundane of things. It's just crazy. That's why I don't go onto the next door app, you know, about how your neighbors like, oh, it's but a isn't great that app notoriously racist. That is true. I mean, they're they're like, I saw somebody who looked a little shifty out there. You know and why, Francis, Francis, I was looking through your window and I saw you talking to some black man. Are you OK? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like that app will make you hate your neighbors. They they have a big fight about the smallest things, and mama's groups are like that too. Um, there's the whole situation of do you let your kid walk the wrong way up a slide? That was what? about what? five pages of anger on the pro walk the wrong way up the slide versus the the con of walking the wrong way. Of, you know that is the situation causes such hatred such hatred amy tell us the last time you were canceled i choose not to post things online therefore i canceled myself <laughs> that's Stopped smart before it started <laughs> yeah i i mean like i think once or twice i have posted something and it, i you know what the last time was probably there was an issue right when um covid started actually it was probably the last time i posted anything and there was all sorts of conversations about, you know, kids going back to school, masks, all of that stuff. I made one comment and somebody that I knew, like, fired back. And I had all like, and I'm done. I'm deleting my post. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the last time. So Old Enough. Old Enough is a show that's on Netflix. It is a, it's, it's a Japanese show that's been on for like 30 years. And it's basically toddlers are set out to do different jobs that an adult would do. Like go to the grocery store, buy something and come back, go to your grandma's house, drop something off and come back. Yeah, that's a wonderful show. It's like the reverse of, of like Dance Moms or something like that, where um, the, in Dance Moms, they're like dancing around, acting crazy, doing some useless shit. But this is like you can get your kid to do shit for you. And you also, oh, those kids, they are just amazing, amazing. Now, our Japanese kids, are they really like that show? Because they look so much more responsible than American kids. They're so sweet. Uh, They're so traditional. It's maybe this, a little uh, bit. This is where Matt gets canceled. Yes, Matt. <laughs> what do you have to say uh, about Japanese children? Uh, are they more responsible? Um, no. I mean, in a sense of for this, I'll say no. But it's it's more like when you grew up, like when I was a kid, my mother used to, hey, here's some money, go down to the corner store and get some stuff and everything else like that. So 
uh, I know that in other countries, I mean, other countries, sorry, back in the day in the U.S., parents used to do this all the time with the kids. Now, do they do it more here? Oh, let me stop right there. So now, I once I, I sent Chad the link, do you want to talk about this? I asked the women I work with who are all Japanese, had they heard of this show? And they're all like, yeah, they watched this plenty of times years ago and stuff like that. Now, out of all the people I talked to, let me take that back before I say that. What did you think about this episode? So my first reaction was I can't even get my like 15 year old to follow those types of directions and it just wouldn't happen. And they would likely get distracted on the way. In addition to when I see like a two year old walking down the street, dragging their dad's like white uniform behind them, I think that shit's going to be shredded by the time he gets to his dad. But yeah, there's no way in hell I would let my toddler go ahead down the street. Mm-mm. Nope, stranger danger. So I agree that it was really cute, but for me, it stressed me the fuck out. Like, um, on one of the episodes, the little kid was like walking right by the highway to go to the store. And like, I get it that I wouldn't say it's a controlled environment because like kids can be quick, but like there were people supervising the kid, but I was just like, oh my God, just don't fucking walk in the street. Please don't walk into the street. Um, yeah, so it was kind of stressful in that environment, uh, in that way. It was kind of cute, kind of, but also, like, I guess the appeal of it is that they are so young, but I just, not my cup of tea. Oh, my God. I can't believe you guys are saying that. I was just like, alleluia. Kids should be doing this all over the place. And I think that the stranger danger is completely blown out of proportion. Whoa, whoa. Nobody said anything about stranger danger. I did. Oh, you did. It's completely uh, blown out of proportion. You said, you said that I you were that, afraid of her looking at some shiny shit. Well, yeah, that. But I said, right. There's also like other. So my kids freak out about like stranger danger. Like a car pulls up next to them on the street and they're like, ah! I'm like, dude, it's probably somebody we knew. I think if you protect little children too much, they, they stay they stay scared. And I don't think that there is nearly as much to be afraid of as what is portrayed in the media. I think the media blows it way out of proportion, way too much Nancy Grace. <laughs> and I thought when I was a little kid, my mom would write down that I needed to go to the store. She would write down, I need to buy some bananas and some. <laughs> um, That's um, where it all started. I'm right. in therapy. You export now. a tobacco, export a tobacco and two little things of, of rolling papers from my dad. And I would go to the store and I, I didn't know how to ask for the tobacco. So I would, add, I would pass the little tobacco slip to the lady and they would be like, okay, you got a note from your mom. Here's the tobacco. Here's the, cho- the, the rolling papers. And I would have some meat for like dinner. And I was 10 years old. That's when we had to start going to the store for mom was when we were 10 years old. And it, it makes you more like uh, you can, you feel much more responsible and you can deal with money and you, you, you're, you're more of a valuable member of society if your mom and dad send you out to do stuff. How old were you when they were sending you out? For Ten instance? years old. Ten. Ten. From, yeah, so ten and you're, up. You're arguing that a fucking two-year-old. Well, a two-year-old with a with with a camera crew is totally fine <laughs> because you're getting ready to be the ten-year-old. And I feel like that's what society should do: is they, there should be little kids walking to the store. I think good. I'm glad we had this conversation because when <laughs> this is the reason why I, I said to the chat because once I was reading, basically that's what it was. You had some people who was 
for like people should do this more and some people are like no you shouldn't do it because all the ways you said mm-hmm. um my opinion is the show was okay um <laughs> like you like everybody said it was a cute show and everything but i watched three episodes and that was enough for me to get the gist um but if I seen a kid, a toddler, walking down the street in the U.S., I will feel there's a problem, like this child was abandoned, yep. and why is this kid just walking by themselves? Yes. Now, if I seen a kid walking by themselves in Japan, I will think nothing of it. Hmm. They do walk by themselves from, like, um, you usually don't, unless it's in a neighborhood, for example, like a neighborhood neighborhood, that's when you will see the kid walking home from like the bus, maybe a young kid or something like that. But here in Japan, you do see little kids walking like they have a little red hat. So, so the cars can see them and everything. And they do walk home from places to places as like a kid, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, whatever like that. There's kids walking. I guess it all depends on how you feel. I mean, anytime you take your, you leave your child alone, no matter what age, there's always something that could happen it's and the only like problem with a young kid like that they're not going to be able to interpret and everything like that it's hard let me take it back if i was here my son was three or whatever and that uh in japan where i let him walk probably i would let him walk from school and stuff like that now if i'm back home in st louis fuck no i wouldn't basically all the people i talk to about this show is they were firstly first shocked they were like why is this why is americans watching this show and i was like ah because it just showed up on netflix and they was like this is 30 years old why are you watching this and and i explained to them they said you know when they first started watching it they were like oh that's cute and stuff but the novelty of it ran out like i said 30 plus years of this to where you know you see like for example on episode one when they went to the grocery store you saw how there was nobody else in that grocery store except for the cameraman and the people who worked there. So right. it's um the stage. It yeah, there you go. There you go. It's stage. So they all said that yeah, it wore off his novelty of being cute. Yeah. Let's quickly gloss over Halo. Okay, yeah, because I'm not really I'm starting I'm not feeling Halo. Like it's not Yeah, same. Um the stuff with Master Chief, interesting. The stuff with that girl, please cut that out. Right. I'm like, just kill her now. I'm done with her. I was like, once she had a <laughs> fucked up haircut at the beginning, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're on the same page on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Moon Knight. Uh, so Moon Knight is, a, is, the, is the latest uh, Marvel TV show on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. Uh, what's interesting about this character is that he suffers from multiple personality disorder. Hmm. Uh, so similar to Tyler Durden on uh, Moon, Moon Knight, on Fight Club. Um, so one of his personalities made a deal with an Egyptian God that, uh, gives him powers. And I wouldn't necessarily say he fights crime. He does things in servitude of this God and it's not always good stuff. So he's killing people in service of this God and one of his personalities was like, oh, hey, hey, wait a minute. This is what I do. I don't like that. Mm, yeah. You know. Yeah. 
Um, it's good. It's interesting. I, I'm feeling it. I, I like it a lot. It's we just saw episode three, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah. And just to go back with the personality thing, so he knows that he his body does something at night. So at night, he chains himself to the bed. He you know locks the door, puts sand in because he's like his body just wants to do stuff at night, and sometimes he wakes up in different places. Like, in the first episode, he woke up in a field. Yeah. And people were chasing him. And he didn't know why. Or he'll wake up and it'd just be people that he murdered, but he it wasn't him. It was others his other personality. He doesn't know what's going on. Alright. This week, we discussed the 1980 classic, The Shining. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970? I heard a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. I did. Uh, I killed you with Danny. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. The Torrance family is tasked with being the caretakers of a hotel during its off-season. As it does in this specific situation, insanity slowly ensues. Amy, what did you think of The Shining? I mean, I don't like scary movies, Chad. Not a big fan. But I'm not gonna lie. Like... I mean, Jack Nicholson, he's kind of scary before the movie even started. It's yeah. just his face. <laughs> Reminds me of the Joker every time. I can't really get past it. But in all reality, I mean, isn't this movie basically what happened with COVID? We kind of were just secluded with our families. And insanity slowly ensued. Yes. And insanity slowly ensued. Hence, we need more therapists to join the ranks. I mean, that's true because therapists you just couldn't book an appointment with a therapist during COVID. No. Yeah. It's a good time for your work, huh? It's job security, my friend. (laughs) Uh, Francis. I absolutely love this movie. I first saw it in the nineties at a cinema in Toronto with my brother. And it was at midnight. I had never seen this movie before. I, I knew very little about this movie. Oh my gosh, this is my favorite horror movie. And I have watched it a bunch of times. Um, I didn't, I have, it's been about 10 years since I watched it though. I watched it this morning again. And I just, I I even have a picture of Jack Nicholson in my linen closet so that when my sheets get low, Jack Nicholson's face pops out at me and tells me to go do my laundry because I've got him poking his head you know, his like, uh, here's Johnny, that scene. Mm-hmm. Once my, my, my sheets get low, I see his face saying, here's Johnny, go do your laundry. Just for the, the fear factor of like, get your ass moving. And I, I'm just so much in love with this movie. Everybody at university had a picture of, of Jack Nicholson on their wall. And it's just amazing. It, the sense of dread the beauty of this movie, the isolation, the the uh, suspense. I love Shelley Duvall. 
she is just wonderful in this. She plays the most annoyingly sweet person. And Jack Nicholson, <laughs> he is like the prototype of an alcohol of an angry alcoholic father. He's the prototype. You can just feel like you're in that situation and it just this movie blows my mind. I first saw this movie like mm, maybe 3 or 4 years ago. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Like I felt like this was like horror at its best into like the third act when it was time to do the murdering, you know, like I appreciated like the slow build of it all. Um, having to rewatch this for the show, I didn't feel those things the second time around. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I don't know. It just, the, 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 the movie didn't like consume me like it did the first time. But um, I really enjoyed it. It was quite good. Um, solid film. Um, I know some stuff about the book. And so when I rewatched it and um, Mr. Hollogen, that's, that's his name, right? Holleran? Oh, Holleran. When, when he was like dead, dead, I was like, wait a minute, what? But then I was like, oh, that's the book. He lived in the book. Yeah, nothing. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. Yeah. I only watched the movie. Um, but yeah, but overall I liked it. Um, Matt, what did you think of this movie? Francis, I, I love you like a cousin and I don't want what I'm about to say right now. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. You had me so like high on you for the, your Brendan comments. Right. So I'm, how could I'm you not to... like this movie? How could you not like it? This movie is garbage. <laughs> let's start. <laughs> let's start, start off right off the bat. This movie is trash. Okay. What? So, what? What? So let, let, let's just let's just get that out front. Okay. <sighs> so, like Amy says, Jack Nicholas, he just looks like a bad guy from the beginning. Even when he gets there for that interview, he just seems like a bad guy. And like you said, one hundred percent. I just take him as a joker. I think it's the eyebrows. The eyebrows is something like that weird for me. It's the mouth too. Yeah, something about him that way. He's already a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, I watched this for the first time maybe six months ago. Something recent, right? So then I'm like, and I was telling people at work, shout out to uh, Cody, because I was talking to him, and he loves this movie. And I told him I didn't like it. He was very upset at me for not liking this movie. And so I was like, hold up, let me, maybe I was busy. Maybe I was on my phone during it. Maybe it was like nine o'clock in the morning. So I waited to 9 p.m. I shut the curtains, made sure it was pitch black, turned up the subwoofers. I wanted to feel the whole thing so I can be focused on this movie. So maybe I can get the full, maybe I didn't get the horror part of it the first time. So I did it. This movie's still trash. <laughs> so it's just, I don't, I don't get the uh, appeal of it. I wish they would have, to me, they rushed him going insane. I wish they would have showed more of him slowly going insane because all you seen was he was, he seemed like a good husband when he was interviewing, when he was interviewing and he was taking a walk around the kitchen. Then all of a sudden, He's in there writing. The next thing you know, he's he's throwing the ball against the wall. And then the next scene, he's cursing out his wife, talking about get the fuck out of here. Like, I think they should have did more to show him going from a nice person into that person. So, so like, now I'm like, all right, go ahead. I, I agree, but I 
controversial statement. I don't think that Jack Nicholson should have been cast in this movie because uh, apparently Stanley Kubrick cast him because of what he saw him do in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So it's like that's like you're you're that's like you're um fucking casting Jason Statham in a movie and you're like, oh, okay, well obviously since he's in this movie, he's gonna whoop somebody's ass. Just like, oh, okay, you cast Jack Nicholson in a movie, obviously he's about to be go, go fucking insane. So it's like, no, you needed somebody more mild mannered so that we had that slow build of insanity. Cause like you're right. Both of you. Scene one. This motherfucker's got this fake ass smile on his face, holding back the crazy, trying to get this goddamn job. I think right. I loved that though. I love that. I love watching him holding back the crazy and trying to keep himself in line. His expressions so funny, but also so scary. And just watching him kind of slowly go insane like i mean slowly he was it. already there that's the problem well, that's yeah. my thing too like they mentioned at one point like the little boy like his arm like his shoulder oh yeah well you know that happened i mean like my husband got a little like mad one night and he just you know just a little bit a little right. bit too grabby i'm like oh that's called abuse like yeah. mm, right no yeah we just kind of gloss over the child abuse the, i mean like yeah and you know, Shelley Duvall, she's all fine and good, but I swear to God, she ran around that whole movie with her arms above her head with, like, a knife just willy-nilly, like, Bleh! I thought that was so hilarious and so fun <laughs> oh to God. watch. I didn't I like her in this movie. she was so wonderful. No, see, so I feel like, I'm like, what are, this is like watching, like, the princess movies. I'm like, get up and get something. Do something. Like, don't just stand there and scream while, like, you know. That was so entertaining. That's oh. what, that's what brings the beauty is the, is, is the, um, the, is is a contrast between Jack Nicholson's character and he is married to the absolute worst possible woman for him. Oh my God, worst possible. Yeah, worst possible. And seeing him trying to hold it in, but not really hold it in. And that beginning scene where he talks to his son about the Donner Party, about the cannibalism of the Donner yeah. Party. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. Now, Chad and I reviewed Reanimator and we had a very different take on that because I also thought that movie was hilarious too. So yes. I may so um to put my therapist hat on, Francis mm-hmm. uh associates uncomfortable things with hilarity. But this is uh, you've got to admit there's a lot of Have you ever heard of Reanimator? Mm-mm. No. No. It's a hilarious movie. It's it a hilarious not. movie. It, it's, is, it is. Uh, it is a movie about zombie, zomb- basically making zombie people. Um, and there's a whole scene where a detached head it's att- hilarious. Att- attempts, it's so... attempts to go down on a naked woman. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, it, when you explain it that way, it sounds bad. But yeah. The thing is, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it's so over the top. Can you, can you um, agree that there are some things that are violent that are so over the top and ridiculous that they're that they're humorous yeah oh, of course yeah yeah and in that scene i mean in that movie there's just scene after scene that are so hilariously over the top that it's a hilarious movie and i think the shining the foreshadowing is just so strong that it's hilarious and it's also very scary but hilarious and it could be when it could be also when i watched it like the the age i was that was my 20s and it was cool and it was very scary when I watched it in my 20s. Amy, when was the first time you saw this movie? Um, that would be 
so I was recommended to watch part of this movie when I was in graduate school. Um, and it might have been in relation to the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So we watched this and we watched um, the movie Sybil with Sally Field. Also a very good movie about dissociative identity disorder, which is the same as multiple personality. Um, so, yeah, the movie in its entirety was this morning. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So what do you all think the Rotten Tomatoes... Wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. I'm not oh, done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I need... I, I want to shit on this movie some more. <gasps> oh, damn. No. Shots like, fired. Because, uh, like, when I, when I go back, like, basically a lot of stuff just makes sense to me. Like, the blood in the elevator. Like, they, they showed that beforehand, like, foresight. Yes. So, but that didn't actually happen. It did happen. When did it happen? In the end, when uh, Shelley Duvall was running around the hotel, this was during the scene where uh, Jack Nicholson is, is chasing the sun in the maze. She's in the house, in the house, in the hotel still. And I feel like it's right before she sees Mr. What's-His-Face's body. She's running around looking for her son, and then that scene happens. And what is that supposed to represent? It's supposed to represent when the when Grady killed his twin daughters. And the bloodshed. It's supposed to represent the bloodshed of when Grady, the former caretaker, killed his daughters. And therefore bloodshed is about to happen in that maze. Or maybe bloodshed happened when he killed Mr. West's face. I don't fucking know. But well, that, that there, there seemed... was no bloodshed in the maze. Right. There, now that is, um, that when you see that scene, obviously if one person was to die or even two people to die, there's not going to be that amount of blood. What it is is kind of, it's, it's, the, it's the hotel foreshadowing the evil within it and what's going to happen i mean the gallons and gallons of blood we're not going to come in like a tidal wave but it's 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 explaining that that hotel is 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 uh, evil so what was the point of the boy and toby tony so i guess this is book shit um tony is him from the future the boy? Yeah. Yeah. His middle name is Anthony. Oh. I mean, that's something you'd only know if you read the book. I remember. Basically, you know, it ends with Jack Nicholson in the photo, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, oh, yeah. my take on that was that since the uh, hotel claimed him as it's one of the souls in it, it he wasn't transported to the past. It, it was basically like a stamp, like so. It's like I'm gonna add you to this old photo, like as a stamp of like I own you now. You are a part of this. Of us. Yeah, that's that's my take on it. I think that's oh. a good take. I like I, I, I think there's a whole bunch of different ways of taking this movie. There's the way that you could think that Jack has always been the caretaker and that he's just been reincarnated into every caretaker. You could all. Yeah. And then another thing is that the Grady's there. Grady is also a servant, but it's not the same first name of Grady. So it's there. There is a little bit of ambiguity in that, too, in that um the grady who killed his twin daughters is charles grady but the grady who he's in the bathroom with i think his he's delbert grady Ah. and so there is some question yeah so there's some question 
that I think I think Stanley Kubrick keeps it um, keeps you guessing. So it could be that the Grady's didn't actually exist. And it was always Jack Nicholson's character who was the, the caretaker. Or you could look at the Grady's and say that they were reincarnation, uh, reincarnations of each other, of different Grady's or, or just generations of Grady's. I think he keeps it really ambiguous so that everybody is still guessing on it. Uh, what do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes was on this movie? I'm going to say very high. Going off what Francis says and Cody, I think it's one of those... Um, Halloween one type movies where the fans just love it so much. So it's high. Um, if I had to put a number 80, I'm going to go 85. I'll go 75. Uh, Francis is right with 85. Nice. Oh, I honestly didn't look it up. I honestly 97 reviews as a 93% audience score with over 250,000 ratings. All right, so I got a trivia question for you three. All right, so along with The Shining, all three of the following movies were filmed at Elstree Studios in England, but which one was not released in 1980? The Empire Strikes Back, Flash Garden, or The Great Muppet Caper? Which one did not release in 1980? I think it was The Great Muppet Caper. No idea. I'll say Flash Gordon just... just just to say then, something then i'll go with star wars then see this is what i want from guests spread the like spread it out y'all motherfuckers always be like oh i'm gonna say the f- same thing the first person said um amy was right it was the great muppet caper but i'm just saying good work all right so a couple of pieces of trivia um so famously stephen king hated this movie because uh stanley kubrick changed so much from it so much so that the story was eventually readapted as a 1997 miniseries that followed Stephen King's book more closely. However, Stanley Kubrick owned the rights to the 1980 adaptation. So in order for Stephen King to get the right to readapt his own book, he had to get permission from Stanley Kubrick. Wow. That would be some, yeah. Yeah. I'm on board with that because I think Stanley Kubrick did it right. And I don't think Stephen King knows how to adapt his own work. I mean, one. I 100% <laughs> agree on that. 100% agree on that. Like the miniseries for this, for this movie is shit. Yeah. It is shit. Um, okay. So Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall have expressed open resentment against the reception of this film. Feeling that critics and audiences credited Stanley Kubrick solely for the movie's success without considering the efforts of the actors, crew, or the strength of Stephen King's underlying material. Nicholson and Duvall have said that the film was one of the hardest of their careers. In fact, Nicholson considers Duvall's performance the most difficult role he's ever seen an actress take on. Duvall also considers her performance the hardest of her life. And they say this because uh, Stanley Kubrick was a fucking piece of shit. Basically, mm-hmm. to get her in the mindset of like a character that was like vulnerable, mm-hmm. he essentially one down. He gas, yeah, he gaslit her. He emotionally beat her down, and he encouraged the crew to do the same. Ugh. So she, so she had like basically no friends on set. Like it was a very hostile and toxic work environment to the point where she was starting to lose hair by the end of the shoot good lord 
Um, so shooting should have taken 17 weeks, but because of like constant, like, uh, delays with, um, him making them take multiple takes or him like, um, just doing all this crazy shit. They were filming that movie for 51 weeks. Holy cow. That is very unorthodox for a movie. I mean, the movie we're going to talk about next week, it went longer, but that was because of COVID. Uh, last thing, Stanley Kubrick, uh, known for his compulsiveness and numerous retakes, got the difficult shot of blood pouring from the elevators in only three takes. This would be unremarkable if it weren't for the fact that the shoot took nine days to set up. Every time the doors opened and the blood poured out, Kubrick would say it doesn't look like blood. In the end, the shot took almost a year to get right. Damn. And to me, yeah. they should have took that part out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it made no fucking sense. <laughs> so what are these numbers to back up your claims that this movie is shit, Matt? Oh, the box office. Um, when it came out, it didn't make the money it was supposed to and everything. And, it, and the critics at that time shit on it. And then through time and later on, it got the... Um, the high marks that it has now. That's what I'm trying right. to say. Right. right. So when did this movie come out? 1980. The critics in the 80s was was correct. <laughs> Basically, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. The critics were cor- correct. Um, I mean, it so, got nominated for a Razzie. Oh, they had Razzies back then? Yep. Oh, wow. Speaking of Razzies, did you know they can rescind your Razzie? No. Um, you know what's going. On? We can take this out, but you know um what's going on with Bruce Willis, right? He's sick. Oh, right. oh, okay. Did you hear? You hear? Uh-uh. He has a degenerative disease, like a neurological or something oh, like that. Aphasia. Yes. Is there aphasia? He can't talk, right? Mm. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, because I know, like they said last year, he filmed like a large amount of movies or something like that, um, because he was known he was this was going to happen and i read somewhere to where they took away like i guess he got a razzie before for something and they rescinded the razzie okay well that's 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 decent of them that that makes sense you don't want to be an asshole right and yeah um, give a razzie to somebody who's struggling right and if you don't know it's one thing if you know but if you don't know you'd be like oh that's the reason why okay let's take this off yeah Mm, yeah but all right. Um, so that takes us to the end of the show. Um, Amy, is there anything you'd like to plug before you get out of here? Um, anybody that's in need of mental health services on the Illinois side of the river and has Blue Cross Blue Shield or Cigna, <laughs> <laughs> look me up. All right. All right. Help with your mental health services. Francis? Well, I feel like I've been cured by Amy already through my <laughs> banana addiction. So I want to thank you for that. I don't know if I have Blue Cross Blue Shield, though. You'll have to build my Kaiser Permanente for that. But thank you for that. And um, I would like to plug my Happy Fangirl podcast. And it it, uh, drops every Wednesday. And me, Jazz, and Steph, we tackle different types of movies. So so tune in. (laughs) (laughs) 
So thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weusedtotalkpod at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page, we used to talk about this at work. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at weusedtotalkpod. Tune in next week when we review The Batman. And like always, I don't know if this is a good episode. I don't know if it was a bad episode. But whatever you think about it, talking about it at work. And I would like to give a shout, shout out to one of our faithful listeners, Leslie. Thank you for listening. Who's Leslie, Matt? Leslie is one of our day one listeners. And uh, I just want to give a shout out because they all listen to every single episode. They always comment on our uh, stuff. So I'm just trying to give a shout out to our listeners out there, especially our day ones. You, you don't want to put out who Leslie is to you? Leslie is my mama. Hi, mama. <laughs> That's so sweet. See, my mom, my own mom won't even listen to my podcast. So Same. she says it's too cringy. She says it's too cringy. And she's, she's afraid she's going to hear something that she doesn't like. And oh, so, okay. My, my mama knows what kind of son she raised. <laughs> <laughs> we genuinely appreciate your support. Thank you.